eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome into another playoff edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, and I'm joined by your two-time Stanley Cup champion, one of your favorite Dallas stars. I consider him one of my besties. You know, Craig, growing up, my grandfather, they all said, like, if he's nice to you, that means he doesn't like you. So, and my grandfather and I were really close. So that means that Craig Ludwig, deep down inside, likes Gavin. Oh, you got some <laughs> bad advice. How's it going, my friend? It's going very good. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. For those listening at home, I put on the title of uh, when I was sending Craig an invite to this podcast. I put Spits and Suds, Craig Ludwig, my best friend. <laughs> and I spotted it immediately. Yep. Yep. Just a little chirp. Just a little chirp to you, my friend. It's playoff time. I had to up my chirp level. That's right. <laughs> Stay out of the box, though. <laughs> All right. That's a great segue. Man, you're good at this radio thing, Craig. That's a, that's a good segue, my man. <laughs> All right. So the Felino hit, um, you know, both Sean and I on the post game um, thought it was a penalty uh, question. If it would be a major based on, you know, what Foxa was trying to do that felt as though Felino never really moved um, the knee from a professional hockey level. What were your thoughts when you saw it? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it was a, it was definitely a penalty. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with it being a major, unfortunately, I think for Minnesota and in particular, uh, Marcus Suino is, you know, he's been front and center, uh, when it comes to, you know, the, the calls this series. And so I think if, you know what, if, if he probably wouldn't have the, the last couple in the previous game you know, maybe he gets the benefit of the doubt, but I think, it, you know, and again, these are, these are things that are happening full speed. Um, in defense of the, of Felino, I would say that he never really stuck his knee out. I think he was, 
he was in a position, but he didn't try to avoid it either. You know, I, I, a lot of times we see that, that knee kneeing penalty where at the last second, a player knows that he's kind of beaten his last, last resort to get a piece of somebody is to kind of stick your leg out. Uh, I think he had his legs in that track the whole time, but he did not try to avoid anything. And, you know, and, and I, and I think for as far as Raddick goes, I mean, he was, you know, trying to pull the, the puck out of the air, you know, and get it down as quick as he could. And so I don't think you put the onus on him. So uh, again, if they would have called it a, you know, a penalty in a two minute, I'm sure there would have been an argument, but I, I guess I could have understood it, but I have, you know, obviously no, no problems with that being a major and, and, you know, you look at it and it's, man, it's, it's the, it's early in the game and, and you could point at that being, you know, one of the two or three keys of the Dallas Stars win. Uh, two questions as a former player. One, it just, the game is so fast. How do you change from a skating point of view? What could he have changed to prevent that knee on knee contact? And the second question is, is when after the game, a guy like Felino chirps, do you as a teammate kind of shake your head knowing that these officials are human and that that might cost you the following game? Yeah, I mean, you, you try to park it. I mean, after every game, you know, you, you try to reset. Um, but this isn't just a one-off. This this has been going from the Pavelski hit, you know, and there seems to be something, um, you know, from a penalty standpoint, especially on the Minnesota side, each game that they've played. I mean, it's the reason they're behind in the series it is because of, you know, and Dallas has to do something about it, which they have, and it's been scoring the power play. Um, but, you know... In order to answer your first one, what do you do to change it? You know, and I think, you know, in today's game, now you're talking about the head hits, right? And so if he, if he tries to make a move and get more of his body, do you ch- take a chance of, of getting, you know, targeting a shoulder into a head? And so I, I don't know what he could have done. Again, we get, we, we have the opportunity to watch it in slow-mo yep. and over and over and again. And, you know, these guys are, light years ahead of us when we were playing, especially myself, as far as speed. And, but again, you know, the, the attention is on Felino. The attention is going to be on Felino tonight from the standpoint of, you know, the referees and, and referees don't try to, uh, you know, and all the talk that's been going on about the referees and there seems to be something in every single game. Yes. Not just stars, Minnesota, every game there, the, the very next day, there's going to be questionable things, but, but again, they're under the microscope too. The last thing that referees want, is to be the outcome of a hockey game. They don't want to settle a regular season game and they definitely don't want to be the talk the next day. And, but they're all, and because I mean, it's cutting into their pocketbooks too. You know I mean? Once you get past the first round, these guys are all, all rated, all the referees and linesmen are rated. And so, you know, they're going to be cut in half once they get down to the next round and then in half again, and then in half again. So um, they want to be there the whole time if they can and make some extra money. So I brought up, I mean, it's kind of a crazy idea because it's never happened, but, you know, Sean was like, you know, I'm open to that. What are your thoughts on? Don't tell me eye in the sky. No, 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 no. I was oh, saying, okay. I was saying, adding, um, and letting one of the linesmen become another referee. So three refs on the ice. Oh, now we're, now are we just going to end up with more penalties? And that's a good question. It really is. I was just throwing I, I, it out I there as it. a possible solution. But, but you know what? In a way they both are because I think their I think their get out of jail card or at least buy him some time is to be able to call 
a five minute major right off the bat. Right. Yep. We, we saw that with the Dumba hit. Yeah. Um, we've seen it in other games. I think that's there, which is the, the Pavelski rule. I mean, that happened, you know, when he was playing in San Jose, it's the reason the rule came about, but, but, you know, they're, they're at the point now where they, they figured out that if they're not a hundred percent sure, let's just call a major. And, and that way we get to four guys get to come together. They get a chance to review it. So in a way, I think they already have that, uh, you know, that kind of built in, you know, from, uh, but I think they, I think they confer with each other a lot. And I, I think we, we all love it. I mean, that, that these guys get together after calls, icings, whatever it may be, pucks over glass, you see them come together right away. So I, I think in a way, I don't think you actually have to have another referee out there. They, they can, you know, there could be three of those guys against the, the one guy that makes the call. There's three other guys that have an opinion on it, you know, whether they saw it or not. And so, but again, in my opinion, that's why that five minute rule is there. It gives them an opportunity to, to go back and look at it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So give us a perspective from both sides as a player because you've been down in series and you've been up in series. Is there an emotional difference heading into a game six? Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously for Minnesota, they know it's do or die. Um, I mean, that's a pretty simple one. But, uh, you know, I think when you you have a lead and you want to close it out, the the last thing that you want to do when when you're the better team and – everybody can argue in, in every series, who's actually the better team. But I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, in, in our opinion, we feel that Dallas stars is a better team than Minnesota and they've got more bullets in their gun, even though not everybody is firing those bullets yet, but, but you, you do not want to play in a game seven in a game seven, anything can happen. And, you know, that goalie, you know, if they would, you never know the way that they're going, I don't see it happening, but they could throw flurry in there again. And and he could just have an incredible game and stand on his head the whole time and steal a game. So and from Dallas's standpoint, Minnesota's tight, right? They're, they're tight today. They're at home. They want to win it. You know, they don't want to lose in front of their home fans. They want to go to game seven, but they know that it's, it's do or die. And for Dallas, they've got a little bit more rope to play with, but they know that they do not want to do the same thing and face the same thing that, that Minnesota's up against. They want to finish this thing. So, you know, and there's some pressure on some certain guys from Dallas. I mean, there's a couple guys here. I mean, you look at it, there's only four guys that have scored five on five for the stars in this series. You know, their power play is what's what's doing it for their power play and keeping their emotions in check and not make having a parade and not retaliating uh, on, you know, they I believe that Dallas sees the bigger picture more than Minnesota. They understand that they're a team. We're going to keep our emotions. We're not going to take what can be a power play for us and, and turn it into a, an even strength, even strength situation, put it to four and four. Let's just take, because again, for me, the, the biggest question is how, how does Minnesota approach this game? Their identity, they're playing to their identity. Have they gotten screwed on a couple of calls? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I think they may have. Um, but now, Again, do or die game. Do we take our foot off the gas a little bit? We don't want to be going to the box. But then again, 
we're finding we're keeping Robertson off the score sheet five on five because maybe you know maybe he's not completely engaged and 100 comfortable the way this game is being played but then again I look at what Dallas is doing and they're doing it very smartly and mainly because of Miro and, and Suter they're finding a way to to shut their big guy down I mean Kaprizov has really done nothing and but again you'd say he's due um but you know so I think for Dallas they're going to continue to play their game they're going to play a road game they're talking about not taking any penalties and I think that it'll be very interesting to see how the Minnesota Wild want to approach this game do they stay with all the talk that we're this kind of team we're that kind of team um do they stay that way or do they say we're going to have to pull back a little bit because the last thing we want to do is hang ourselves. And, you know, it'd be different if, if Dallas's power play was only working at 15 or 20%, but my God, they're, they're over 50, 55% in this thing. So, you know, and again, for Minnesota, they've got a great fan base. They want to get their fans engaged, you know, give them a reason to get engaged. Let's not take our fans out of it early either. So I wondered if maybe they throw flurry back in net. I just can't see it. Okay. I mean, this other guy, I mean, Gustafson's been, been great. I mean, yeah, he's, he's got, been really good. He's got like a nine thirty save percentage. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just don't, I don't see it. I mean, Flory was to me was such a train wreck in that game. And, you know, it, it just, if, if Flurry had, hadn't given up, what was it? Seven goals. If it was a, a three, two game. And, you know, if it was something like that, I can kind of see him going back to that. But how do you how do you put a guy in that gave up and he made some good saves, but at the end of the day, he gave up seven goals, I believe it was, and he looked awful on like two or three of them. I mean, just awful. Like he didn't he didn't have a clue what that was going on. So how do you answer that to your fans if that if if that's actually what you do? And he has a he lets in a couple goals early. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly. I mean, I I, I think the last guy in Minnesota that you're going to point at is going to be the goaltender. He, he's been, I mean, I think he's yeah. done. He's probably, there's probably, even in the first game, you know, th- there's been a couple goals that I didn't think were great, but, but, you know, he's basically kept their team, you know, in it to the end. Yeah. I, I will say what I'd love, and I think they've made a concerted effort. And this is one of the many reasons Tyler Sagan deserves huge props in this series, filling in for Joe Pavelski, but the screens they've set on Gustafson the last couple of games, I think have been a major factor. They're getting in front of the net. Um, and, and I know you could do that with every goalie, but I didn't see that in the first few games. And it appeared to me as though they're making a concerted effort to not give him clean looks. I just, I just think it's playoff hockey. It's things that, you know, I've talked about this forever. You know, the teams that, that I was part of, I mean, we had an MO and we were going to play that way for 82 games. That way it was automatic in the playoffs. And, you know, Dallas has found ways to go through the regular season scoring, you know, from the perimeter and highlight real goals. And that stuff kind of changes when you get into the playoffs and things get tougher and space becomes more limited. And, and, and I think when we first talked and when Joe was out of the lineup, I, I just felt it was going to be a perfect spot for Tyler. Look at where Tyler scored his goals. I mean, they're all Brendan Morrow goals. Yep. They're right. They're from two feet in the crease, yeah. you know, from the crease. So, and, and Tyler's got the hands and he's got the poise and things that, when he's in that area, it's not a guy that's going to panic in there. You know, if it's other guys, you know, your third and fourth liners in there and they're first thing you're going to do is just bang at the puck. That's just natural. But I think Tyler's got that, that extra second to take a quick look. And, and I, and what it's done is it, it's, it's, you know, you've taken one of your, 
your high end guys and, you know, put them in some traffic and, but, and on the other side of the coin, I, I don't, it, it appears to me that he's not really getting abused when he's in front of the net either, you know, not, not like what we're seeing Suter do to Kaprizov every time Kaprizov's out there. And when suits is around him, he's getting a cross check in the ribs or he's got a hand glove in his face. And, and the thing about uh, Kaprizov is he'll punch back and mm-hmm. that's exactly what you want. Either go off and, and, you know, coincidental minors, take them off the ice. Anytime that if there's a player on Dallas team, besides, you know, Rupe and, you know, the top couple guys, but if you can go off the ice with Kaprizov, that's a good, that's a good exchange. You know, yeah. go into the box, keep him off the ice for a couple of minutes. You get the power play. He doesn't kill penalties, keep him off the ice. So I think his rhythm is kind of broken right now. And, and he's probably the guy that, you know, and I, I can see them using him even more if there becomes a lot of penalties and, and getting, trying to get some rhythm for him to get onto the ice. But, and then it looks like if he doesn't get out there for, you know, an extended period of time because of penalties or whatever it may be, then he gets out and he tries to do a little more and a little more. And, you know, it's not like he's hogging the puck or anything like that. He's an incredible player, but they've done a good job keeping him off balance, staying in his face, not giving him any time and space. And, you know, they've got not just one guy around him. There's a couple guys and they're basically saying, listen, we're taking their best player out of the occasion or out of this situation and without taking a penalty. But if you're going to take a penalty on them, that's one thing, but try to get him to go to the box with you. I'm Gavin Spittle. He's Craig Ludwig. You're on Spits and Suds right here on 105.3 The Fan. Okay, let's play coach Craig Ludwig. If you're Pete DeBoer, it's been two games. Joel Hanley's been in. Colin Miller's been out. Colin Miller was very valuable during the regular season. Would you put Miller back in? I, I, I. <laughs> I know, I know. I call, don't, coach. I, I've liked Colin Miller. I've liked him all year long. I liked him before Jim Neal made the move to get him. He had a rough game, had a couple individual mistakes that you know led to a goal or two. But I, the only thing is, is what the, the one thing that Dallas has to clean up is the outnumbered rushes, especially early. They've given up some two on ones. They've given up a couple breakaways. I mean, Kaprizov even had a breakaway there. There's, I mean, if it Jake Ottinger has been incredible, I mean, you know, and I'm talking about the timely saves, the big saves, the game changing saves. I mean, they, they've had two, three, four uh, opportunities in games, especially early in games. And, and there's times when that pairing has been out there. Um, but again, you know, Colin was victimized by a couple of them too. And I, I guess that what you're doing is you're saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it from the standpoint, we're winning games right now. And we've got a goaltender back there. Would I, I probably would go back to Colin Miller, just, just only from the standpoint, you can, you're a young guy again this isn't I look at sometimes I look at the bigger picture if this game doesn't go Dallas's way let's just say they have to go play a game seven I would rather have Colin Miller in there tonight knowing that he's back in the fold tonight versus coming back in in game seven and I and I just that that's just me and just kind of planning ahead going okay where is Colin Miller's head right now? Is he rattled a little bit from coming out of the lineup and not going back in? And then you sit there as a player at time and you go, okay, I came out for this player, but I'm seeing the same opportunities that I gave up are being given up now at times too, but these, the goaltenders making the saves. So 
I just wonder if that goes into their thing. They, I mean, Pete DeBoer and his coaching staff, they, they, they pulled all the right triggers so far um, to this point. So, you know, you got to trust what, what their decision is. And I'm sure they're having a powwow about it. And again, like I said, it, it may be, Hey, it ain't, it ain't broke. Don't fix it. And there's a couple of situations there, you know, at the end of periods, uh, one goal game, they're throwing that pair out there. So they obviously have confidence in them. So, you know, and that's the other thing that, that is making a big difference. I, I think Tyler Sagan, as far as forwards go, last game had 17 minutes played. That's it. He was a top guy mm. for forwards. And it just tells you the balance that, that they believe in uh, on this Stars team is they just roll all four lines, use all six defensemen, with the exception of Miro. You know, I mean, Miro can chew up 26 to 30 minutes. Suter, Suter used to do that all the time. Yep. Suits doesn't look like he's 38 years old out there right now. So, you know, for the people that were kind of down on Suter for the, you know, parts of the, of the season, um, you know, and again, this is a guy that's been through the wars and these are the guys that don't get rattled out there. And so it's nice to, to have him out there. And I think anytime you get an assignment and his assignment, it, it appears that is Caprice for that pair. And so there's a little bit extra you get out there and make sure, and especially when you get off to a good start. And you know you're frustrating them. And Suter can still skate. It's one of the things that his – it's a reason he's been able to play as long as he can because of his skating ability. Is it as good as it used to be 10 years ago? No. But, again, I, I think he's done a hell of a job this series, uh, along with Miro. We know that Miro is the, is the horse there for, the, for this team in the back end. But, but those two have been really good, you know, keeping their big guys off the board so far.